This is Critical Nonsense, our high low browser about culture, science, and tech. This week, Joey asks Aaron about unexpected audiences, but they really just talk about Louis. Everyone here. <laughs> That's all I had to say, and you knew where I was going. This is I what did. Joey I sounds did. like. Um, I don't know much, but I know I love shoes. <laughs> uh, this is what in a different Aaron sounds like. <laughs> did I yeah, yeah I do Aaron funds. <laughs> I do Aaron funds. That's what that was. Did I tell you I saw the Neville brothers perform? Uh, at the grand opening when our our grad school like changed names, got a new building, they did like a opening ceremony and the Neville brothers came to perform. That's it. That is it, a wonderful experience. It was like so cool, but like so random. I'm like, what? But like, <laughs> and I think, I think the guy who had um, Rick Boyko, who had been like the head of the school at that time, but used to like run ogilvy and places like that probably like maybe he knew him because ogilvy did like the cotton commercials or something you know like it's it was probably like oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) you fall into (laughs) that too easily (laughs) it's just like so Mm -hmm. comfortable you can get there immediately it's the curse of the first name you always have to have aaron neville on speed dial like that's just necessary which is what I assume is also the reason. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> everybody's had to hear Joey and I go back and forth because we are missing the one and only and amazing Jess Vander today. She is out recharging her batteries, and we will see her very soon. Fair winds, Jessica. Jessica. Um, she is at a, she's currently at a Tesla supercharging station. That's why it's taking indeed. longer because, you know, as you'd expect, we won't go any further than that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> any any um, housekeeping? Do we have to dust any fan blades? Do we need to uh, make sure that there is uh, gas running to the kitchen oven? I don't think so. I mean... It, if Jess isn't here, this place is a mess. <laughs> a mess. She's the, she keeps, yeah, she really keeps us together, which is, yeah. I don't know um, how she does that. While also just being an amazing strategist, human being, and, and all around creative human. Just want to call she, all that out. The Linda Ronstad to our Aaron Nevels. Been around the world and I, I, I. <laughs> Again, I will be ready. I think that's Linda Ronstad. Did I screw up a been around the world moment? This is really I was important. I was just thinking in the moment the counterpart on I don't know much but I know I love you was Linda no, Ronstadt. Right. No, you're right. And I was picking another. I thought I was picking another Linda Ronstadt, Ronstadt song because I thought I was creative and I just wasn't. <laughs> Who sings that it one? It was oh, Lisa Stansfield. <sighs> I you're close, Linda or Lisa? Yeah. Exactly. Man, I am sorry to everyone who listened to this and was like, Powers, that was wrong, is shaking their head, and then they're nodding their head right now, if they're still listening. So anyway, uh, Joey, I understand that you have some thoughts on your mind that the world needs to chop up into cheesesteak. So what's on your mind? Um, Aaron, I want to bring you into the fold of 
um, parent conversations right now. Woohoo! The yes. hot topics, the hot goss, the exciting news. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Bluey. <gasps> are you, mm. I, I, from our pre conversation, I was going to say, are you familiar with her oove? But I know mm. the answer is nope. Mm. Nope, not at all. Nope. <laughs> I have watched, I think, three minutes of a YouTube clip once. And that is my exposure to Bluey. So you have a blank canvas here, sir. And you didn't go deeper? I will say, and this is slowing down us getting to the question, but I, I, I appreciated the charm. And I, I'll <laughs> get into it in a little bit more from what I could pick up from that experience. But please, continue. continue. So, Bluey, a children's show for others who are unfamiliar, uh, based out of Australia. Uh, Bluey is a blue healer dog. She lives with her family, uh, Bandit, her dad, Dad Goals, Chili, her mom, and Bingo, her little sister. Um, It is maybe the greatest show ever (laughs) created for children. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's been funny is there's no shortage of parents online talking about how much they love bluey i've had the the second half of season three just dropped this week but i didn't even know it was coming i thought season three had already dropped turns out it was only half of season three and i've had no fewer than six parents ask me if i like are you excited for the second half of the third season of bluey to drop or like uh wednesday someone was like Third season dropped today, like second half. Like, are you excited? Like, and I'm like, what is going? Like, parents are as excited, if not more excited, about (laughs) new Bluey episodes than children are. Um, And it is like that, that, you know, we've talked about in the past. And and one of the things like Toy Story and Pixar has gotten credit for is like being able to sort of integrate storylines or references or like levels of the content for different audiences. But I don't even know if this is the same thing. And so I wanted to ask you about how should we think about things that are created that wind up being more beloved by audiences that weren't the original target? I, you know, I I definitely have a thought about this. And, you know, this is like a perfect example of like, I'm coming into this completely naive. I don't have any kids. Um, I, um, a lot of my friends with kids are all have kids around the same age. Like there's somewhere between like basically newborn bundle of like skin and eh, eight, nine years old. Pretty much everybody squeezes in that bucket. So I'm bringing that up because I am coming up only knowing and hearing about these things through friends like you and and other like people in my orbit who have kids of that age. And what has consistently stood out to me in the way that people talk about Bluey is that I think Bluey was intended for parents. Mm. I think Bluey was designed specifically off the back of what Pixar did so well in movies when they were coming out, um, which is 
and I, I'm going to ramble just for a second, if you'll, if you'll indulge me. I don't know if you've heard this show before, <laughs> but... Uh... Critical Rambles is a certain... <laughs> okay, so um, I think one thing that... I'll start... I'll hit four points. First of all, cable TV. We'll start around that era. When cable TV launched, it was the first time that really advertising shifted to effectively only speak to kids. It was a really watershed moment in like communications media that you could have enough channels to launch a Disney Channel and a Nickelodeon and all these other um, Cartoon Network, things that are, were originally intended to only focus on kids. And it raised lots of questions around like how advertising needed to exist for kids, whether it should, whether it shouldn't. Um, but the content was, in many cases, kids rule, parents drool. Like this is only for you, parents yeah. get out of the room. Then we had, I think, a Pixar moment. And I would say that the Pixar moment happened at the same time that we had Cartoon Network evolving with Adult Swim. And mm -hmm. so you had Pixar creating content that needed to appeal to an entire family because we all know parents have to sit through untold hours of kids programming mm -hmm. ultimately now. And so can you entertain the parents truly just as much as you're entertaining the kids and create a bifurcated audience experience? And then you had Adult Swim saying, uh, well, you can use cartoons, you can use media to speak to like college stoners, and that's fine. <laughs> like, like adult animation that The Simpsons started can move on. But the reason I bring that up is because the tone, energy, the people and creators who were around animation with what was going on in that 10-year period really was gelling into something that was subversive and for um, new sensibilities. Um, and that takes me to, I thought it was going to be four, but it's really going to be three. That takes me to this like Daniel Tiger phenomenon, which is for, again, for the 30 seconds that I saw in my YouTube clip or three minutes that I saw in my YouTube clip, um, a few things stood out. One is that it screamed to me that this is a really good show that helps parents process the new roles and expectations of being a parent today. Mm -hmm. Like, I was sitting there like Bandit is like I that dad is awesome like yeah Bandit is gold Bandit is he gold. really is he <laughs> it stood out to me so much because I was like I've never seen a dad on TV in any way shape or form next to maybe the dad on uh, Steven's dad on Steven Universe he gets kind of close to that a little bit but just like wow that is patience heart caring teaching human chill funny imagination he's great and i can see parents i can imagine parents seeing him as an aspirational figure and also seeing him as a role model for like mm -hmm. how not to be exactly like our parents were let alone previous generations and i think what that creates to me is like this parental cohesion and community and lingua franca and like yeah. um, cultural artifact that you can pass back and forth between each other to be like, no, you should really check this out. Cause like all those things that you're dealing with on your own and that you talk with your friends about to try to figure out how are we supposed to do this now in this context? Bluey got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta, I mean, we got to check it with him. I mean, the show is fat. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. Like without even going like we could go deep on, Cart, uh, on Adult Swim, like independently, mm -hmm. which is like maybe we should do that at some point. But the you're you're totally right. Like the the show is having 
clear conversations with kids and adults simultaneously, right? The, like, my daughter is relating to Bluey and Bingo and how they're handling situations, and I'm relating to how Chili or Bandit are handling situations. But what's interesting is, is like, each episode is, like, functionally a parable, right? Like, it is, like, each episode has, like, some lesson that it's trying to impart, whether it's to the parents or to the kids or to both, that is fascinating, right? Like, so I'll give you a... I, yes. I don't know, maybe four or five months ago, I was trying to talk to Emerson about like a lesson on some, you know, like how other people would feel or, or like why we don't do certain things or like being considerate or something like that. We're having a conversation. She goes, oh yeah. And she said a thing and I was like, what? And she was like, oh, Chili said that you should do this thing. She related it immediately back to Bluey and had like a pithier <laughs> distillation of it from Bluey. And initially I was like, what, what are you saying? And then I was like, yes, yes, exactly that. And there are like other examples of that where, you know, she's talking about someone else doing something or that she can't do it. And, we're, and Becky and I are just like, you got to run your own race. Like Chili said, right? You got to run your own race. Like you can't compare yourself to other kids. Like there's all these instances where we can distill it. But then for me, there are times where I'm like, what would Bandit do? Like, I literally have that, like, in a moment where I'm tired or I, you know, I am, like, sort of in a position of, like, inertia. I don't want to do a thing, but I'm, like, oh, she's, like, a little kid. She doesn't know any different. Like, Bandit would just, like, find a way to play along, and so then I do it. Like, Jason, uh, one of our coworkers' husband, recently was, like, I had a... I had a bandit moment. I was walking. We got snow cones at this thing. B dropped her snow cone. And I had my snow cone. And I did it like a grown-up dad way. And I put all the flavors in all at once. And it was so juicy. And I was so excited. And I was just like, here's my snow cone. And we walked walked out. And it was like, there's a full episode basically (laughs) about where he just gives up his ice cream cone. Because the girls are fighting over one and then it all melts away and so he just gives them theirs and it's like oh everything's solved and I was like man it's wild to have a show where it's like a five minute show that is like making adults cry or like teaching them how to be parents while it's like their kids love it and I don't know well and I'd always I'd also imagine I'm curious if this comes up at all too like it it appears to or it appeals to new parents which are like cusping millennial, uh, zennial. Yeah. There's a weird Gen Z millennial thing with parents right now. And I, you know, you always talk about the latchkey kids. Like so many of us had parents that were not around Mm -hmm. because they were working so much. And so there's like two things that I relate really deeply to. One is being raised by media, like having a lot of content being what like taught me morals when and ethics and just like how to handle situations when my parents were working um and then the other is the independence that comes with when you're alone you've got to figure stuff out on your Mm -hmm. own like you don't have anybody any adults to ask because like 
they are trying to like give you a life. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, that requires them not being there. So those two things together, we've got a whole generation of parents who like are more aware because we're awash in information in a way that we've never been before of like all the ways that you could parent, yeah. like all the different styles that exist, while at the same time having an appreciation and a trust in good kids media and that feeling that like I've got to figure this yeah. out. <laughs> like, and But like having that mental model, like that algorithm does so much. And what's interesting, I, I don't know if everyone agrees with this or views it in this way, but like it's a cartoon parent, right? Like that makes it so much less, yeah. like you're not having yeah. that like parental comparison versus if you like saw another dad in your building or in your neighborhood or something like that, that is like, you're like, man, that dad is real good. And I'm not as good as that dad. You start to feel bad for yourself versus like bandits, a cartoon. He's a blue dog. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to have that. And like me and my dad have actually had conversations about sort of like, you know, what like I guess now what you would call like transgenerational like trauma dynamics of parenting whereas like his grandfather was like a complete asshole and like abusive and then his father was like in the military and kind of it was definitely an asshole and kind of and like he didn't do those things but like he was sort of impatient at points when we were kids or things like that and like I can see Right, you you just sort of like replicate the behaviors you have, and you try and like etch away a little bit. But when all of a sudden, when you have this model that it feels like it comes judgment free, when you're like trying to work to like break historical cycles, it's super fucking helpful. Like just to be like, it's a cartoon. Like I don't have to feel bad about myself, but if I can use that as a like reminder in a moment like a what would jesus do bracelet it's a what would bandit do like mm -hmm. it's great mm -hmm. you know and it's also i mean kids tv a certain type of kids tv is is explicitly intended to is to do this job is to like teach kids about things like um interpersonal things yeah. like um daniel tiger's neighborhood I think is off the air or like isn't making new episodes anymore. I could be wrong, but like that was a really big, big one in um, my brother's house. And similarly, like Daniel Tiger's parental parental figures are anthropomorphic tigers. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you can see yourself in them and you don't feel that same sense of judgment. But then also the content itself is like you go into it knowing and expecting that what you are going to hear as a parent is intended to teach you something is parabolized like it's not the same and like a lot of kids media does this paw patrol same thing like you try to put little nuggets in there about how to work together and like copaganda you know, teamwork <laughs> pop popaganda it is that's very clever joey i'll give <laughs> no, you that I said one cop a, a that copaganda I, but oh copaganda well you are also right there, but I'm going to not touch that one today. I'm I'm choosing but not there, to. Like the the flip um, side to your point is like Peppa Pig, where like the dad is like adult and yes. they make fun of him, and they're like fat dad and like all these things, and like people have written about that being like, you know, like dads get enough 
negativity over time that like when you're just reinforcing it uh like like dads are dumb and they don't know how to do anything and whatever like versus bluey's like oh it's aspirational for dads as opposed to you know just being like another thing being like dads are dumb and can't do anything it, this has been a thing, I think, in like sitcoms and other serialized TV that like is I don't know if it's a hangover from the 50s or what. But like as soon as you codify parental roles as the main character, the dad has to be Al Bundy and the mom has to be like a 50s housewife. Mm-hmm. And like we've seen in scripted adult entertainment um like pushes against that like malcolm in the Mm. middle great example Mm -hmm. like they really pushed on what each of those characters are um another sitcom uh uh home improvement famously uh uh uh, the woman who played jill taylor um like the mom on home improvement which is like such a reductive like men grunt and and women do this like it's 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 very much that she came in with a very as an actress with a very strong point of view about like pushing the representation of the character mm-hmm. beyond just being the like the oh Tim yeah. like and really like considering that and so I'm putting all that out there because it still feels like even though we're like 30 years on in this like recognition <laughs> that parents are full-fledged people <laughs> and have like full-fledged lives it still feels like media is like pushing against something. Like there's still so much that is just like mom (laughs) or dad and it's dumb dad. And like, dad doesn't know anything. He's just like, he's too busy and he just can't understand. And mom is just like the caring one. And the one that has to always like make things better. And it's like, ugh. did you watch shrinking? I didn't. I heard it was good though. What'd you think? It's so good. But the, the neighbor dad is this guy, uh, Derek, uh, played by Ted McGinley. I didn't know his name, but you would you would oh, yeah. recognize his face. But he's so it's so good. Like he is sort of like he plays a character that's sort of like floating above the fray around him and is like hilarious. Like I truly. Aaron, when I tell you I cackle, I, like, like full blown, <laughs> like cackling, like, like a, a flock of geese. Like I am just, I love. Uh, but he's like, he is also like aspirationally just like happy and doesn't let stuff get to him. And like, initially you're like, oh, is he, he's saying these things. Is he like being, uh, like cynical and then like over time you're just like nope he's just above it like like some jason siegel's character is coming out of his house and like eating something and he's like great great dinner Derek. like your wife's a great cook and he's like awesome i'll enjoy it if there's any left for me see you later (laughs) you know and you're like oh is is that bad then that's like early things but then later it's just like oh no Derek's just floating above it and is happy and optimistic and it's just like a different portrayal of like a husband and a dad that is like he sees everyone for who they are and like loves them and appreciates them and is like not going to be brought down and you're like fuck yeah you know so good I mean 
is there is there a way to tidily because I'm 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 moving us into um, Yo MTV wrap up corner. Uh, is there a way to wrap up what we've been talking about? Can I try one? <laughs> I, this is not Please. like my forte, but I think the moral of this may be that if we have human conversations that are speaking to people like people. And in the case of Bluey, that means not talking to children as children, but talking to children as human beings. Invariably, those conversations have a broader relevance to other people by not saying like, you are a kid. Hey, little dum-dum, your brain's small. Or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you are a dad and that is all that you are. or, Or any, like, by not being reductive, and having conversations about just being humans, like the audience is almost irrelevant and we can all take something away from it. That was beautifully well done. I'll, t- I'll, <laughs> I'll take that parable, Joey. I think that was a good, a good way of parabolizing our little nonsense into a sachet of things that people should know. Yeah. I love it. Also, nice. side note, what are we watching? The drag queen. Dungeons and yeah. drag. Right. Yes. Let's go. Dungeons and Drag Queens. You know that was going to be all of my special thanks. You know what? Should we should we just go right over to yep, our let's go. special thanks? Should we knock on that door? Critical Nonsense is a Sylvain production. Brought to you by Australia. All the bugs are huge and they're all going to kill you. Come to Australia. <laughs> Have an adventure in the kitchen. As always, we'd like to <laughs> thank our executive producer and like She's a bluey. She's a bluey. Jess Vander. Uh, we'd also like to thank the T-Boz to my personal chili, uh, sound engineer Alex Contel. <laughs> oh, the TLC and bluey joke. I just, I wanted to make that clear. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, our programming coordinator and what type of dog would less be? Mm. A... Rottweiler. Rottweiler. Yep. Rottweiler. Yep. Rottweiler. Less yep. Jacobs. I also I love if I if I did not have my own blue healer, because Rufio's like 70% blue healer, I would have a Rotty. I I love loyal, smart as hell, beautiful, get things done. Yeah. <laughs> I guess those are all the ways that I think of yeah. less. Go figure. Uh you know, speaking of which, I think the um, you know, I would like to call them the producer pack. Production pack. Brr, 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 of Nora Mestrich and uh, uh, sorry Gilbert, who help keep the lights on and keep things running. Thank you guys. And as always, thanks, Lon. Special thanks. Sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Special thanks. Dungeons and Drag Queens. Man, woo! If you are not watching on Dimension or on what's it? What's it on? Because I just finished the first two hours. Yeah, the Dimension Twenty. Crew, I think that's where you would find, like the channel that you would find it in. Brennan Lee Mulligan, yeah, he is um he is the best uh, 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 dungeon master that I've ever seen. I watching this made me want to play Dungeons and Dragons again, and I have been on hiatus for six <laughs> years at this point, five years at this point. But if you're not watching it, Bob the Drag Queen, Alaska, Juju B and um monet exchange doing their quest it is 
if you don't know if you like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you should watch this because we are all juju. Yeah. Just to be clear, like a hundred percent novice player, don't understand the rules, don't understand how this works. <laughs> Juju is my spirit animal anyway, but man, the, the so good. The, like the there are jokes in the like explicit jokes, but then sometimes they're just doing these like like gestures to each other, like the yes. bag of holding joke. <laughs> I was like, yes, I was like Becky, like between like breathless laughs, like off of like a side joke that they never even actually said the words. I like. Yes. You have to know, like, the best thing about drag queens is that drag queens make every second entertaining. That's what a good entertainer does. And there needs to be a separate show, which is just watching drag queens listen to things. Because, man, the the, the listening faces and the posing and the preening. And the number of reapplications of lip gloss from Juju. Oh, Yes. Oh, constant reaction. That could be a drinking it's... game, but it wouldn't last long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. You, I don't think we would last long. We'd be knocked flat. I would also like to throw out a different special thanks, which is to Married with Children, which got two shout outs today on this episode because Ted McGinley was on oh, Married you're with right. Children. Uh, exactly. Oh my gosh. So we got him, we got Ed O'Neill, Katie Seagal. So, like, Married with Children, major show to break down a lot of the the old things about sitcom parents. I didn't put that um, together. I mean, out. I guess it's just been it had been so long between when I last saw it, and I'm like good at picking out faces. And I, you know, he's yeah. the type of person I'm like I definitely recognize him, but whatever, you know, thirty years between seeing someone, you look a little different. But man, you're totally just right. To I missed that. I'm happy to give that oh, to you. you what welcome. a gift. Um. I also want to thank Australia puns. Um, for example, um, what did the kangaroos? No, this is not. <laughs> never mind. You can't do this as a. I just wanted to say Nar. No. Like, I, it was gonna be Norway. I couldn't. Uh, I'll send you a meme. It'll be in the it, show notes. The the fun part Nar-way. about having a daughter who loves Bluey, and we like avoided like Coco Melon or any of the shows where I'm like, I don't. I just don't want to see that ever. Uh, mm-hmm. is now mm-hmm. she does things with Australian accents of like certain words or like intonations yes. where she's like, yes. she's like, Dada, you said I could watch two. Like, yeah, I can't even do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah like, I'm like, two. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. Oh, wait, no, that was, I did it wrong. No, that was. Germanic accent. Two. Was that, I think was it was right. Australian? Sounded good to me. Two. Two. There we go. Two. It'd be like, can I have two? I've been watching a lot of Top Chef season, uh, Top Chef World All Stars and Buddha, Australian. That man's accent is just, per- it's just, wow. it. got, the Australian accent is just wow. awesome. What? It's wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm turning into Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm falling in the wrong well, angle. We did it. Um, Love you. We did Bye. it. Happy day to you. Bye. I'm sorry. My neighbor's dog got out and I see the dog in the street and I really want to just run outside and put her back in her yard. Okay, I'll be right back. The hero. Mission accomplished. We did it. Rosie's back home. Thank you, listeners. I'm going to be out of breath (laughs) and this is going to be an awkward transition back into recording, but not all heroes wear capes.